What's going on, everybody? Matt Major, Matt Major Show. Back with you on Wednesday, right? Third day, third episode of the the return, the new season. Maybe that's what we should be calling it. The new season of the Matt Major Show. I like that. What's going on, everybody? Check in on Twitch. Bubba's Rattler's already doing that. What's going on, man? Happy to have you there. Again, the purpose of, of doing the live show, even though I fully expect the majority of folks to consume this after the fact as a podcast or as a YouTube episode on demand. But the whole reason I do this live is because I really want that live interaction and, and I'm hoping to grow my Twitch channel basically from zero, not totally from zero. But last time we were big on Twitch, it was a few years ago. So while I have a ton of followers, there's a lot of good Bubba Army guys that that follow us. They may or may not be interested anymore. Also, if you're a big Bubba guy who used to follow me, well, Bubba's on right now. I'm not really competing, but we are on the same time. And if you're a fan of his, you're going to watch him first. And I totally get that. But it would be great if you would check out the show's homepage that's 315live.fm slash Matt Major right on the bottom left hand corner of your screen that is the home base of the Matt Major show it's also got the links to all the other places and I realize there's a lot of them and I realize it's a lot of work but if you could do me the solid of you know, subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and Spotify and going to my YouTube channel, following, liking, subscribing, ring the little bell, do all that fun shit. It helps us out immensely, helps the show out, allows me to do more, reach more, get cooler guests when they see the following that we have. So that's all good stuff. We will, as the show goes on, i got a lot of plans. I, I've got a lot of plans for segments. I've got a lot of plans for events, you know, at, at this point, virtual events. But, and I also have a lot of plans for uh, giveaways and, and freebies for the show audience that I'm going to be putting into place pretty soon. The other thing that we're going to have starting next week is we're going to introduce you to our man, Jack Flange. Jack runs the Jack and Mo cooking show. He's a great independent single father who who was looking for work, looking for something to do, and he turned it into a cool cooking business that he shares with other folks with the goal of helping families cook together, eat some better meals, sit around the table. It's it's a good goal. He's got some good things going on, and, and we're going to be spending some time with Jack probably starting next week. Yesterday's show, well, I mean, there's only three shows of this season, so, but yesterday's show so far has been the best. I really enjoyed both Phil Farda and Joe Driscoll. The two of them helped us put on a, a great, very local-centric show, and if you're not from the 315, if you're not from the area, I realize it may feel like we're getting hyper-local. And sometimes we will, 
But I think a lot of the issues that we face here, a lot of the issues that we talk about are not necessarily unique to our area. So it's my hope that even if you're not from around here, you can enjoy the local talk because there's some value in it beyond just the area. But again, I I think it was a phenomenal episode. I encourage you to check that out. I also encourage you to check out either on the 315 Live or on our YouTube. I don't just post the entire episode. I'm really breaking things down into segments so that you can A, listen to or or watch back the entire hour-long episode every day, and that's cool. But if you're somebody who is a Joe Driscoll fan and you don't care about any of my other bullshit, you can grab just the Joe Driscoll interview, and that's a, a separate standalone video that you can share and watch and enjoy. Same goes when we talk about a bunch of these different news stories. Again, those will be cut-out segments where we can talk about this, which is great because even if you did listen to the whole show, you know maybe there was a particular part that really stuck out to you that, that you want to talk about, you want to share on social and, and highlight. Again, you can share that piece. You don't have to put out the whole podcast. And life is good. Jack checking in. As I just mentioned, I don't, I don't know if you heard me, but Jack from the Jack and Mo Cooking Show in the Twitch chat. Hope you're doing well, buddy. We got so many crazy things going on. And the key to the Matt Major show here is to pick the right ones. And I'll tell you what, as I, as I mentioned before, if you're not familiar with me, this used to be a three-hour show. And every day we would do show prep, have it all laid out, have links, have videos, have all this stuff. We would generally get to, in a three-hour show, about a quarter of the prep that we we set aside. So paring down to a one-hour show has been an incredible challenge for me because there's so many things that I want to talk about right out of the gate, so many issues that I want to catch up on, and so many people I want to talk to. And there are people all over the place who have been asking to come on, who I'm excited to have on. There are a ton of other people who I'd like to have. And I'll be honest, 9.9 out of 10 who I asked to be on the show say yes. So I guess you could say I have a long list of great people who are going to be on the show. But trying to figure out what to stick in the one hour it has become an interesting challenge, and I apologize to to anyone or, or any news stories that get cut off, unfortunately, because of it. But it's what I got to do. In the chat, question, what made you cut down to one hour? Time. That's the whole thing. Previously, when we did the three-hour show, middays, every day, the goal was that was our job. We were trying to sell advertising. We were trying to run that as a business. And for a wide variety of reasons, our own mistakes included, that wasn't a viable business. So, unfortunately, we just couldn't do that. And also the worst part about that was it was three hours, but it was also in the middle of the day, which was great for a show and great if you're working and you need something to listen to middle of the day. But when that's your job, it kills the entire day. You have to 
prepare for the show in the morning, and then you're done at 3 p.m., the day's basically over. It's hard to do any other business, any other work. So I'm doing one hour, and I'm doing it first thing in the morning so that I can put this out there consistently every day, and I can still go out and, and run my business in the rest of the day. So the way I have my schedule built is my company, my hours of operation technically start at 9 a.m. So I'm fitting in the hour podcast first thing in the morning from 8 to 9, and uh, my business opens at 9. I begin to work with customers at 9, but I also, that first hour, I, I really kind of take easy on the, the customer work, and that's when I immediately edit and post the show. So with any luck, I am putting no more than two hours a day in and not just doing the show, but getting it out, which was also a challenge uh, for us previously. So in a very long-winded way, I hope that answers your question. One thing I will say, though, is as we get rolling, you know, the one hour, that's the standing thing, right? Every day, 8 a.m., we'll be here for now four days a week, I should say that, at 8 a.m. But as other things go on, and I've got a lot of really interesting people who want to come on the show and who I want to interview who are on the West Coast, and, and asking them to be on live you know, at 8 a.m. East Coast time just isn't feasible. So there will be a lot of, of interviews. There will be a lot of breaking news stories and random things we decide to cover that I will just fire up live on the chat or on the Twitch, rather, at a random time in the middle of the day or night. I also play some Call of Duty. And I'm going to try to do more of that on stream. That'll be later in the night. So there'll be that type of content as well. And that's why I also encourage people to follow or subscribe on Twitch. So when I do randomly go live, you get those notifications. One thing I will tell the daily podcast audience is any of those interviews I do, you know, we get somebody cool from California that I interview at 3 p.m. in the afternoon that will become part of the podcast, whether we integrate it in the next day's live show or we just add that interview to the regular podcast feed. That'll be stuff that I don't want folks to miss. There will be stuff like the gaming streams and stuff on Twitch that uh, are only ever going to live there. So I highly recommend you like, follow, subscribe at all these different places. Jack says you were driving 100 miles a day too. Yeah, I was at that point driving to our Utica studio, which is about 60 miles from my home, one way every day. And uh, I had a real piece of shit car too, man. It's a, literally a miracle that I even made it. At the same time, I didn't beat up a good car going through all that, so I guess we could look at it that way. <laughs> we are going to have, in a few minutes, with any luck, our man Keith Rubino. Keith is a guy from Herkimer, New York, who's going to talk to us about a local Herkimer, New York story that shockingly hasn't gotten a lot of play. And we'll get into that in a minute. But first, I want to do some news. I don't know if you're really going to call this news. Well, I mean, it is news, but... One of the things I, I want to talk about just for a minute, because it's the hottest topic in the country, is our last president is being impeached for the second time. And I'm not going to get too deep into this. In all honesty, I, I will when it's over. This whole watching every move, I don't know. I'm not into that. I know a lot of people are. I'm not here. But what I am into is watching funny people and 
if the president's lawyer or, or the former president's lawyer, I should say, is just a, a comedy among comedies. Let's let's look at some video here. If we go down the road that my very worthy adversary here, Mr. Raskin, asks you to go down, the floodgates will open. But the political pendulum will shift one day. The pendulum. This chamber and the chamber across the way will change one day. And partisan impeachments will become commonplace. He's really worried about that. I said I'd be an impartial juror. So that clip wasn't nearly as good as, as a lot of others I was seeing. I, I was hoping it was. We, we went into that one blind. But this guy went on just rambling, literally rambling. Apparently, Trump was not very happy with the performance. The folks around him, I can only imagine. But the idea is that he just kind of has lost his shit over this whole thing. And the, you got to understand why this idiot is there, because nobody else would do it. Legitimate lawyer after legitimate lawyer either passed or had at one point signed on. And before this began, they ah, no, because he's a crook. He's a criminal. There's no defense. Who wants to be the lawyer that signs on to that? Apparently only this one idiot. And he's coming up with all kinds of just ridiculous claims in fact one of his defense claims is that you don't need to do this impeachment thing if trump's a criminal you can just send law enforcement to mar-a-lago and put him in handcuffs that's a defense attorney's defense i don't understand i don't understand It'll be interesting to see. Now, of course, the worst part is everybody knows that Donald Trump is is guilty AF. We all saw it, right? Live in real time. We know what happened. We know what led up to it. We know that uh, aside from the speech that he gave that day, he encouraged people on Twitter for days and days. Come to D.C. Get ready for this. Come here do this I don't know it's a crazy thing and it's a crazy thing that he might get a pass I, I don't know how I don't know how it was actually the Antifa deep state gay communists <laughs> yeah that I got to say, of of all the excuses, and you knew the excuses would come because, again, we all saw this live, right? We saw all the MAGA hats and all the blue Trump flags and all of the everything, clear as day. I mean, these folks, nobody labels themselves. Nobody demonstrates their feelings on their shirt better than the Trump fans. And it was clearly a crowd of them, and we clearly saw them go nuts. So, you know, of course they had to come up with some sort of excuse. Well, of course, yeah. our go-to Antifa, 
Violence in American streets? Go to Antifa. That's what their handbook says. But of course, that was the stupidest claim ever. Because you literally had people with anti-Antifa shirts. And oh, well, they dressed up. They played the part. Okay. I've seen those movies. Let's look at these folks that we've arrested. These actors. Oh, well, they've got five, six years of social media history of being massive Trump fans and Q supporters. You you think these Antifa guys have been really playing this long game for years just for this? It was the stupidest fucking claim ever. You, you know that, though. I'm preaching to the choir. I'm hoping our boy Keith is going to join us. He might be tied up, and if he is, that's okay. But I want to get into this story. This is kind of a, a an interesting one. I'm going to pull up the local, the Times-Telegram. This is the Herkimer, Herkimer New York newspaper. Herkimer, New York is a small town. It's the county seat of Herkimer County, if you're not from central New York. It's also where I am from. And unfortunately, for a very long time, it's been very economically depressed. People have been moving away in droves. The people that have stayed, I'll be honest, many of them have not done a lot to keep things up. They've let things go to hell in in the most basic terms. And for a lot of reasons, I can't say that I blame them or that's their fault. When you don't have any money and there's no money in a tax base, it becomes a hell of a challenge. But people don't want it to be this way, right? People want to improve. Everybody wants to improve. Everybody wants to make your small town better. And the news has broken. And again, one of the things that confuses me is why this isn't bigger news. But the news is broken that the small town of Herkimer, New York, is going to bring in a semi-pro basketball team and build a brand new sports stadium and business complex. That part also seemed to be left out of the story and the coverage from everywhere. So the one that covered it the most is the local The Times-Telegram. I did find that the local TV news station had a written article about it. I didn't see any video. So maybe they talked about it on the news, but they didn't even send a cameraman to interview folks. And that was the extent of the coverage on this massive economic development story. From your calendar, the Matt Mazur <laughs> Show guest appearance. Thanks, Thanks Alexa. Alexa. Computer, Thanks stop. I love when Alexa just chimes in. She should be my co-host. But there's an organization led by a guy known as the Human Calculator. And one of his good buddies, Alice Cooper. Uh, from everything I can find out, yes, that Alice Cooper. And these folks put together a, an organization called Herkimer 9. And they are bringing a, a semi-pro men's basketball team and a stadium and an entire new complex to downtown Herkimer, New York. The initiative Herkimer9.org is where you can find uh, the information from this organization. There is more there than there is in any of these news articles. 
which upsets me, quite frankly. They have one quote in the news article from the mayor of Herkimer, a gentleman by the name of Mark Nettie. He's very excited. He says some of the players could watch in Herkimer, you could watch in Herkimer, could make it to the NBA, which is, of course, the uh, the draw of any semi-pro team, right? You're going to watch a guy who's going to become huge. It goes on to talk about they're going to build this stadium that will hold approximately 2,500 seats. Keep in mind, this is a town of 6,000 people. And they go on to talk about the vision also includes economic growth and STEM-focused education and research jobs. This is one of the big parts of this whole story. And as you can see, it's the end of the story. Again, I, I don't understand what the deal is. I don't understand maybe if people don't have faith in this actually coming to fruition, even though it says this is happening. And it, it's very unique and surprising to see in Herkimer, New York. So I get it, but I think this is something we should be talking about. I pulled up the strategic plan from these folks that have put this together. They put this out. There's a PDF on this website, Herkimer9.org. And this shows exactly what they're going to do. This is the existing like Google Maps picture of downtown Herkimer and North Main Street, which is, of course, the, North thorough, the, the main thoroughfare. By the way, I used to have an apartment. I used to live like right over here, one of these places when I was in college. Nice apartment. What they're going to do, I'll, I'll save you all the text. You can read that, but this is the best. So this shows there's a couple of existing buildings. There's the historic Herkimer County Jail. That's, that is an incredibly historic place. Some famous murderers were kept there historically, and it's been around for like four billion years or some shit. This is an old bank that they're going to get rid of. These are some old... I think at one point manufacturing buildings. I think this is another bank. So they're going to they're going to knock down all these portions of these buildings or entire buildings here on this block and they're going to build this entire complex. So we've got some parking, we've got I, I believe like a, a park area. This is the actual stadium for the basketball sports. Somewhere in these buildings, here we go. We got all the uh, new athletics complex, the park, uh, a museum. They're going to build a factory museum, which is pretty cool. Love museums. Open site for local retail. Somewhere over here, it shows some of the other. Oh, uh, yeah. Here's another angle of what this proposed thing could look like um, again one of the big things about it is this business and, and technology uh, and stem investments that i wish we were talking about more these are wonderful things i'm not a big sports guy i understand the economic development and the reason you would bring sports to a town and i'm not against it but this is more than sports, and that is lost in this underreported story.
think that's the end of the... No, no, we got more pictures. It's, it's really just kind of showing you where the layout of things are. But I think this is an incredible thing. I think it's good news. Again, it's shocking to me that this is something we're doing at Herkimer in the best possible way. I got a title screen for that. Look at that. See? Isn't that cool? I'm supposed to put that on first. I'm excited. I'm cautiously optimistic. The one thing that we've had in central New York, uh, one of our biggest challenges is a lot of people have good ideas like this and it either doesn't come to fruition or it ends up being far less than we were ever promised. I hope this isn't one of those pipe dreams. I hope that it actually does come to happen because like many cities and towns across this country that have found themselves in the position that Herkimer has, being depressed, being run down, for lack of a better term, it has incredible potential, and it's filled with incredible history. There are properties there from homes to commercial buildings that have been around forever and could easily be remodeled into something incredibly upscale and trendy. It's a quiet, you know, tree-filled type community. It could, again, be a beautiful place to live. Generally, it's a safe place, although, you know, as poverty has increased as has crime. But I think that's something that could be turned back pretty easily. And these are great things. So, and I know I keep harping on this, but the fact that the media is just totally sleeping on it locally, when really, what the fuck else is going on locally? That you're not going to talk about a massive economic development project in a town that hasn't had uh, new growth since they built a Lowe's 15 years ago? Or before that, the biggest development project was building a new jail, which, by the way, they don't need anymore now that we've changed the laws. I don't, I don't know where they're at on this, but we'll do it. The Matt Major Show, 315 Live, we'll cover the shit out of this. And tell all your friends. Artie says, if they figure out a way to make it attractive to drunk-ass college dudes, it'll be successful. It's true, and that's unfortunately... In addition to everything else, Herkimer has the Herkimer Community College. It's where I went to school. It's a great school. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but, you know, it's full of people from outside the area. So locals that don't care about anything are there. What was that? I got a ding. There we go. It's our man Dick. Joining us. There he is. How are you? I'm gonna put you on. I'm gonna put you on the screen here, and also turn you down just a little bit, because you, you got a you got a reasonable setup there. Like some some of these people that I gotta crank down, you know, it's horrible. All right. Make, make sure I don't turn you down too much. So, Dick is our man from Smoke Incorporated Barbecue. 
and, and I've got a graphic. I'm going to make sure I don't fuck up the graphic this time. Here we go. We're going to use it. I made this for a reason. Look at that. And Dick is a guy, if you are an OG Matt Major Show listener or a fan of the Billionaire shows, you probably already know Dick. He is, I guess you would say, our go-to local food guy because he makes incredible food and he's got a great business that he helps folks in many ways with. So he's a great guy to promote and, and talk to. So, Thank you. The reason that that Dick's on today and the thing that I'm working with him on now is this little project through the merch link. And I'm going to throw up this graphic one more time. But if you go to the merch dot link, that is my kind of t-shirt apparel clothing store. It's got branded merch. It's got funny t-shirts. We've got a lot of pandemic you know pro nurse pro hero style stuff and what you'll find on there is that we are giving away a portion of the proceeds to people affected locally about by rather this whole covid situation and there's two groups right there is the restaurant industry that's just been decimated because people can't come, in, can't come in to eat anymore. And then we've got our frontline healthcare workers, the nurses, the doctors, the respiratory therapists, all these people that are are keeping us alive. And especially in central New York and, and like at Upstate Hospital, they've been doing a ton of this vaccine research that got us these vaccines to, to begin with. These people are working like crazy. So I had this thought, how can we help with this? And then it became pretty simple. Well, I actually asked around. I said, what are nurses? What are healthcare professionals? What would they like? And I shouldn't have been too surprised because I think it's honestly what anybody in any profession would like as a thank you. And that is just some good food, right? Right. There, it, you, you can't ever go wrong with thanking someone with a meal. And we decided that's what we we're going to do. We we're going to put the proceeds towards that. And... We're going to partner with a local restaurant, a local caterer who could do that. Now, Dick and Smoke Incorporated Barbecue is our first kind of partner. I've had this campaign going on the store for a couple of weeks now. The sales have been coming in, and I'd like to go at least another week or so and see how much money we have. At that point, we'll decide exactly who and how big we can make the first donation. But the one thing I want to point out is this will be just the first donation. This isn't going to be a one-time thing. We're going to keep it ongoing. My goal is to hopefully generate enough money that we have more work than Dick can handle, and we can go on and, and bring on another restaurant and a, you know another caterer. I also have thoughts about uh, bringing in a couple of the local coffee companies and supporting them. We're not asking them for donations, but rather to purchase their stuff and again, give to these healthcare workers. So I'm very excited that Dick, you were eager to step up and help these folks. I think you see the need and, and the desire to thank them as much as everybody. So uh, absolutely always willing to help. 
for that. We very much appreciate. Let's, you know, the whole point, though, is to also help your business and help the restaurants. So if you could, Dick, tell people a little bit about what you do, what type of food you do, what type of service you offer. Because you're not, I know I'm talking a lot about restaurants. Dick is primarily a caterer. He's got a professional kitchen, but he doesn't have a dining room. He's going to come to you. Can you tell folks a little bit about the type of stuff you do? Private private party catering, mainly weddings, graduations. Now with COVID, we've turned into a, you know, smaller gatherings. We do all the barbecue standards, pulled pork, chicken, ribs, brisket. Uh, we do a pig roast. We show up, cook most of the food on site serve your guests very professional we've been around for uh this will be our 12th season actually oh wow, wow. yeah 2010 that's we that's, started that's awesome uh, yeah it seems like it's 20 man 2010 doesn't sound like that far away but it, it really no, was it wasn't it yeah <laughs> <laughs> so dick you'd say you know it's about the barbecue right so that that's your main thing but you do a wide variety of things because i know you catered our, our Christmas for me. Yeah. And by that, I mean, you know, my wife and I decided, listen, with the pandemic, we're not going anywhere. There's not a lot of people coming over. I normally like to cook for the holidays, but I like to cook for folks. And I thought, you know what? Let's give ourselves the break, do some business locally and, and have it catered. So appreciate it. I went to Dick and I said, you know, here's what we're thinking about. What can you do? And he says, I can literally cook anything. True. And he wasn't lying. We got a bunch of trays of some different things that we were able to eat on for uh, a few days. And it was just, it was incredible. And uh, and I highly recommend, if you're in the central New York area, think about something like that. Reach out to Dick. And honestly, even if you're not, reach out to some of these local caterers that you think about for your party, your graduation, your wedding. And talk to them about, you know, making me a few nights worth of dinner. In in one shot. Uh, yeah, there you go. And don't ever be afraid to ask somebody to make something that you don't find on their menu. <clears throat> I think that's I think that's incredible advice. Because a lot of folks think that's kind of what you're limited to. But obviously, if you're going to somebody who's cooking this stuff, this isn't he's not pulling it out of a, a freezer pack and heating it up for you. You know, we're talking about fresh food made from scratch in a professional commercial kitchen, you know, not to knock anyone who runs businesses out of their home. I run my business out of my home, but the fact that he does this out of a professional kitchen, you know, he has to follow every safety standard and and, and health code. And a lot like you talk about, to me, that's the coolest part is when you have these events, when we could do these events in person and you can come on site and roast a pig and, uh, and like you say, cook a lot of those things right on site to me. That's really cool. And that's a whole nother level. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <clears throat> Dick, you know, as we've gone going through this pandemic, you know, what do you think are some some tips or, or just some advice you could give to folks in your industry who are struggling and just having a hard time, whether it be with business or just the, the stress of life right now? Just keep plugging away, I guess. 
but everything seems to be opening up a little bit you know a little bit at a time things are getting a little bit better we were just approved for gatherings up to 150 people yeah i don't know how safe that's going to be right now but um, right hopefully another few months when weddings start opening up and things like that maybe we can uh, actually do some business so just hang in there yeah i i think that's the key the one of the things that we were talking yesterday with joe driscoll and phil farda and i said you know, one of the things I'm cautiously optimistic about, and it was ironic, I had a phone call later in the day, a guy said the same thing to me. One of the things I'm cautiously optimistic about is the fact that we've been held back all this time and we couldn't go out and we couldn't go to restaurants and all this. It's my hope that when it opens up, it will just have a renewed desire for everybody to more than they did in the past. Yeah. Uh, get out, go to events, go to dinner, go to parties. I'm hoping we see a resurgence of crowds i guess absolutely everybody's dying to get out there and do something so yeah. i think it i think when it does open up it's gonna it's gonna come on fast what do you think about and we're gonna get a little off topic but what do you think about the government's response and have they done enough to help the the food service industry and food service workers in particular I don't think so. I think it could have been done so much better. You know, sending stimulus to the to individuals is one thing, but then, you know, you've got restaurants limited to everything they can do, and businesses like mine, where I didn't do a single wedding or graduation last year. That's my bread and butter. Yeah. Um, and I received absolutely no help from the government other than those two stimulus checks. So, right. You know, if I was paying a uh, high rent and I had employees and things like that, I would be, I, I'd be done right now. Luckily I was able to hang on just because I'm, you know, I'm very low overhead. Yeah. So yeah, I think it could have been handled much better, much, much better. It's a little crazy because we see, you know, everybody talks about the essential workers. Everybody talks about how much we need them and how much, we should support them, but the same type of folks are against the help for these people. And, uh, you know, it's just frustrating because the financial industry immediately got all the cash they could possibly want when this thing started. But, you know, everyday restaurants, and there's some places where I kind of understand, all right, well, business dipped and whatever, but these are places that it's through no fault of their own. They just, as a matter of the restrictions, as a matter of the public health crisis, and, and I believe we needed these things. I'm not saying we shouldn't have done these things. I'm not one of those folks. But I I don't mind, I guess if you want to call it a bailout, for these industries that had no choice, right? To me, that's not the same as like the auto bailout where a car company made bad choices, and, and got themselves in trouble or the financial bailouts where, again, they gambled, lost, and we covered their losses. This isn't that situation. So when you talk about, and I know like the cruise lines and people will talk about, well, they got all this money and they're incredibly profitable. I can see that, but at the same time, I can see helping them out because their industry is screwed. Same goes for, you know, venues and, you know, music venues and theater and everybody that works in those types of things it's not their fault they didn't 
get in this position because they fucked up. And I think that we as a society should have just been paying their bills, quite frankly. I know people, we can't just hand... No, we we should have gone to these companies and maybe even in a more intelligent way. Because, again, there's a lot of folks, especially folks on the left, that get mad about, like, the the cruise ships. But maybe rather than just giving them a blank check, maybe if there was a way to say, what is your overhead? What does it cost you to keep all of your employees on the payroll, even if they're not out on ships? And we pay you that amount. And like I said, we're not contributing to your profit. You might take a loss this year, but no one gets laid off. No one gets their income cut. That's it's Matt's soapbox of the day. But, <laughs> you know, and it's what a lot of other countries have done. Right. You know, but it'll be interesting to see. But again, today... I don't want to talk about the failures more than I already have, and and I really want to focus on the successes. And the successes are these healthcare professionals, and that's the reason that Dick and I have come together with these efforts to help them and, and thank them more than anything. Show our appreciation. These are folks that, sure, they signed up to be in the medical field and to help with emergencies and to help with these other things, but. I don't know that they signed up for this. They're being worked to the bone on top of the stress of bringing home this virus. I mean, most of them now are vaccinated, but a vaccine doesn't necessarily mean, it might mean you you can't get it or you might get it in a very uh, lesser amount, but you could still carry it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And these folks all have to worry about not only working 12 hours a day, but then am I coming home and bringing this horrible, deadly virus to my family? And I think a lot of folks don't really realize what this is doing to them and what they are doing for us. And, you know, like I said, for that reason, I'm very excited to be able to come together and hopefully do something cool for them. And at the same time, We'll get some folks some cool merchandise on the merch link. We got some fun stuff on there, not to to plug my own thing. But the other thing I want to point out is if you go to the merch.link and you say, I don't, fuck this guy. I don't want to buy your (laughs) t-shirts. There's an option right there where you can just (laughs) donate to this effort where every penny of that, you know, there is no overhead. There's no shirt I have to make. So every penny of what you give can go to Dick, basically, to right. to pay him so I, I can turn to make food. food. I turn pennies into food. That's what I do. That's I like that. That's a good. Uh, <laughs> that's a good slogan. Turning pennies into food since 2010. Dick, uh, circling back to this uh, this food industry, a big trend has been the food trucks in the past few years. Yeah. Do you think that those guys, are they in a better position or, or a worse thanks to this? Well, it, it really depends on how much their monthly nut is. Yeah. You know, if they've got $1,500 in overhead in that truck, it's pretty tough. It's a, <clears throat> it's a hard gig running one of those trucks. I mean, you're it's full time. Yeah. If you're not prepping, you're selling. And if you're not selling, you're prepping and shopping. It's ridiculous the amount of hours that it, that are involved to run one of those trucks. So it's like, it's literally running a restaurant. 
on wheels. Yeah. So it's, it, I, I couldn't imagine if I had a truck in this, I mean, I might've been able to put it to use. They, they were doing some driveway pop-ups and neighborhood pop-ups and things like that. You know, I think they're doing okay, but it's a hard grind. That's what I was, that was what I was wondering because, you know, they don't have the dining room, obviously. So I, I wasn't sure how the restrictions and things like that might affect them. If they could just pull up anywhere like they used to be able to, obviously I know you can't just pull up anywhere. You have to have permission and permits and things, but, you know, it's interesting. The other side of that is, though, you know, that's a one- or two-man operation. So even if you can go get some good food from them, they're not supporting ten waitresses and, you know, five cooks and and things like a traditional restaurant does. So it's a challenge. Right. That, that takes four or five months a year out of the equation for the most part. I mean, I, I know a lot of guys are trying to push through, but it's tough. You just don't get the crowds in the wintertime. Right. You do in the summertime. Yep. And I mean, that's understandable. Uh, Central New York is a cold, frigid place, and we don't want to leave when we no, want we to. Like, we love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what are you going to do? Dick, we're just about out of time, but one more time, can you tell everybody specifically about your website and and phone number? Website, smokeincbbq.com. Telephone, 315-558-1009. That's my cell phone, so if you want to text me, my phone is in my hand if I'm awake, for the most part. Don't be afraid to call, but I might not be able to answer. And and Dick, you're based in Syracuse, but in Syracuse, what is your your kind of territory? Like, how far will you go for various events? I've traveled two and a half hours for a wedding before, so okay. I'm not I'm not really uh, I'm not locked down to anything. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Dick from Smoke Incorporated Barbecue, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for all you do. And um, thank you, Matt. And and I'll definitely be in touch. I, you know what I've been thinking about is talking to you and doing a deal like we did for Christmas, just randomly, just uh, some week. I don't want to cook, and I don't want the same three takeout options. I might get a hold of you and and say, uh, make me a couple nights worth of dinner that I can throw in the fridge. And there you go. It's easy enough to do. That's that's the way to go. All right. The site again is the merch dot link. If you want to support this effort. And otherwise, check out Dick. Dick, thank you again for joining the show. Thank you, Matt. Uh, And we will talk to you again soon, my friend. Sounds good. Have a great day. You too. Dick is a a wonderful guy and a a wonderful friend of the show, and I'm so happy to uh, have had him on. I want to thank everybody for listening to today's show. Tomorrow, Thursday, we've got the famous or or infamous Tuttle should be joining us for the show. That's going to be a good time, so check that out. Please like, follow, and subscribe. This show will be down out in a full episode form and, of course, in individual segments. So if you want to share the piece uh, with Dick and share the effort to help these nurses and, and healthcare professionals, that would be much appreciated. But thank you, my friends. We 
very much appreciate your listening, watching, streaming, downloading, all those things you do for the Matt Major Show. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow.